stand up with us. Let's get ready to worship. I am so glad you are here. All your beautiful and handsome faces. Yes. Did you enjoy the weather yesterday? Did you enjoy the weather yesterday? Yes, it was beautiful. Guess what? That day was made for you. And today, the Lord has made this day for you. Amen. Amen. Let's get ready to worship.
so good to you, you ought to praise him, right? Amen? Well, has God been good to you? Come on, let's give him praise this house. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Lord. You are worthy of praise, worthy of glory, worthy of honor. We thank you, God, that you created us. You created us to worship you, Lord, and we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor in this house. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Do you love God this morning? Amen. Can we just give him another big hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You might be seated for a moment. Man, it is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Good to see Ed and Cornelia Verkham. Come on. Amen. It's been almost a year, but look, you're looking good, and even Ed's looking good. Amen. So thankful to see you guys here this morning. It's good to have Brother Jim with us this morning. He's here to keep Branch straight. Sandra's had her hands full, but praise God, uh, Jim is here 
Good to have Joel and Brandy with us as well. Glad you guys are here and your children. So thankful for you. Uh, they're the Roar family, and we're glad you're here. Amen. It's good to see every one of you here uh, worshiping with us this morning. Those of you who have joined us online, we're thankful that you're a part of this service today. I have come expecting. Amen? I've come expecting something huge because I believe God's got something for you today. How many believe that? Amen? Look, look, if I went to a restaurant and I wasn't expecting to get fed, I wouldn't get anything. Right? But when I go to a restaurant... I go with the anticipation. I go with the saliva glands ready, right? I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating to get something when I go there. And I don't go to, you know, a restaurant that's bad because, you know, we're going to choose the right place, right? Come on. We, we go to a restaurant because we know that the food's good and we go there with anticipation to receive something. I believe today that if you have come to receive something, that God is going to do something powerful for you. Amen. How many know that you're in the right place? Amen? You're in the right place at the right time. Turn to somebody and say, you're at the right place at the right time. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I, I'm excited because I believe this is a church that's active. It's a church that's doing something in the community. We're touching people's lives. Amen? Let me understand that. You know, what was so exciting is uh, I had a wedding yesterday. It was almost a comedy wedding. You know, I, I go to... Uh, I go to, you know, introduce, you know, and welcome the people here. And before I could even say, you know, dearly beloved, we're gathered here. He's already kissed her. I said, that's at the end. <laughs> so I had to kind of slow the horse. I had to pull that cart back and say, slow down, horsey. You got to wait, buddy. But it was, it was a great time. But what was so amazing, we pulled up and, and the whole parking lot's full. And I'm thinking, man, this is going to be a big wedding. And I walk out. And, and I talked to the AYSO director. He said, we went from 170 kids to 385 kids. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And, and, and you know what's even greater than that is that I go onto Facebook because I get, I get these alerts that says, you know, Alcoa Maryville Church of God has been tagged, you know, uh, that somebody's checked in. And I see all these people being checked in. They're checking in to, to MCOL, Right. And, and though they're out here on the field, guess what that's doing? It's saying, guess where we are? We're at AMCOG. And, and all the friends that they have are learning about AMCOG because we're doing something for the community right outside our back door. We're saying, look, we're welcoming the community onto our property because we love them and we want to have a place where they can come and play soccer, where they can come and enjoy time. Isn't that awesome? That's because... God is faithful to us. How many know he works all things for the good, right? For them that, that love him and are called according to his purpose. And I believe that this morning. And this morning as we give, I want us to honor the Lord with our tithes and our offering. And I want us to, to state we're doing this because we trust God. We're doing this because we know that God is able and that God is using us as a body to reach this community, to love and to care for our community. And because of your giving, we're seeing people's lives being touched. Amen? Think about this. I don't know if you've had a chance to mander around the back of the building, but we now have a fence around our playground. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. We're offering a safe place for children. Now, now here's what we want to do. We want, to, we want to honor the people that that playground was established for. And we want to put, look, 
we could put something, can I use the word cheap? We could put something cheap out there, right? But is that who we are? Are we all about cheap? Let's do the least we can. I thought, I thought the kingdom should be always looking how we can be something excellent. Come on, somebody. Something that we can do that's, that's of value, that, that shows honor and respect, not only to who we are, but to the community. I mean, when I go out there and I see all these children playing around on our playground, I'm thinking, I want them to play on something that's safe. I want them to play on something that looks good. I want them to play on something that I don't have to worry about it tearing up or them swing coming off about midway through their, through their stride. I, and so guess what? With your help, I want us to raise, are you okay with this? Listen, I want us to raise $12,000. Because I want to put something out there that's professional. Something that's, that's going to be long term. All right? Amen. Because look, it's not only benefiting our church, benefiting our community, but listen to this. We have a homeschool co-op here. And, and, and this year it's been small because we haven't advertised, but guess what? We're gonna advertise. And I believe we're gonna get more children involved in our homeschool co-op. But not only that, we're starting a parent's day out in August. It's gonna be a preschool program for two days a week. And, and we're expecting a lot of kids. Come on, somebody. Hey, we're touching people's lives. Is it all right, kids? Is it all right to touch people's lives? And so I want us to do something that's going to impact our community, our church, and allow us for future growth. So as, our, as we give this morning, I want you to think about that. Is there a way that you'd like to participate in donating so that we can get that done? And as soon as we raise the funds, now we already have $4,000, so we have a base. So as soon as we raise the rest of that, we're going to build a nice playground. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the vision to touch people's lives. Thank you for joining in with us for this purpose. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are our Redeemer. You're our Lord. You're our Savior. We thank you, God, that you are with us. We thank you, God, that we're, we're looking forward to hearing children's voices around this facility. We're looking forward to hearing kids of joy, kids excited, kids being a part of the all aspects of our church, Lord. And I pray that we will take the energy, the time, and the investment to invest in every one of our ministries, Lord, specifically our children's ministry, to see that ministry grow, to show that we care about our children, that we love them, and we want to invest in their not only their physical life, but their spiritual life and their fun, God. Bless, encourage, strengthen, anoint in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
song right before this, I thought, no, my daughter's sitting sitting in church this morning, and I don't want to embarrass her. But during this song, the Lord said, you promised me that when I showed myself faithful, that you would give me the glory and you would testify before your church family of how good I am. So don't let me down. So two years ago, our daughter was diagnosed with immunothrombocytopenia, or ITP for short, which basically just means that she has low platelet count for unknown reason, okay? She's healthy. It's just an autoimmune thing. Um, Not just. I mean, it's serious enough that she's had to have treatments for the last year. But several weeks ago, when we went to get her blood work, her count had gone from 16 up to 64 and I didn't really believe it. I thought it was a fluke. I'm like in two weeks, it didn't jump that high. So I took her back to retest about three days later and it had come back down to about 24. And I thought, well, that's where it's been hanging out, you know, between 16 and 24. And then we went back three and a half weeks later and it was 53. I said, okay, I'm not going to guess this time. Like, I'm not going to second guess what's going on this time. This time I choose to trust and believe that her body is in the healing process, that God has been taking care of her through this whole ordeal. And even though it's still way lower than where it needs to be to be in the normal range, that he is working in her. And the healing process is working. And this whole time that we've been trusting in his care and his provision for her, and we've been saying, God's got this. God's got this. And I just want to give glory and praise to him because I said that I would. So thank you. Thank you guys for praying for our baby girl through all of this. Thank you for those who are continuing to pray that her body will just write itself out and that um, she'll just thrive and have this testimony of how God cared for her during the dark time, during the valley when we didn't know what was going on and we didn't have answers. Thank you. Choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names. That nothing can stand against. I choose to praise. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. That nothing can stand against. I choose to praise.
Somebody lift his name up in his house.
raise your hands right now with me. Can we just thank him for his faithfulness? Can we just give him a praise, a, a fruit of our lips, giving praise to him this morning? We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you, God, that even while we were still in sin, even while we were messed ups, even when we felt hopeless, God, you still loved us. You still cared. You were faithful to us, Lord. And your faithfulness shows every single day. For your word says that your mercies are made new every morning, God. And Lord, we feel the mercies of God today. We thank you, Lord, for the grace that is sufficient. Then when we were at our wit's end, when we were at our lowest place, God, your grace was sufficient to pick us up today. And we worship you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord. We love you today. Can you just tell him how much you love him this morning? Lord, we love you, Jesus. Come on, that's all right. Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, God, that your presence is real. We thank you, God, that you're in this place. And we give you glory, God. Thank you, Jesus, for being so faithful to us today. God, we praise you. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can you just look to somebody near you and say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. God is so, so, so faithful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I know that we have several elements, and you see tables set up because after this uh, service this morning, after communion, we're going to have... Um, a celebration and, uh, and a send-off or a appreciation and all of that good stuff for the Travers family because they have been so uh, such a blessing to our church and we really appreciate and value them. That's all right. That's all right. And Josh, if, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm, I'm putting you on. This guy, is he is able, right? Um, I'm going to ask you if you'll do communion. And at communion, I want you to share for a few moments about what the Lord's doing in your life and how that looks. And, and I'm really excited about um, God's plans. How many know God's plans are perfect? Amen. Amen. And even though we don't always understand them, God's plans are perfect. And he's, a, he's in charge. Amen. You know, I, this morning, I wanted to, to speak for a few moments on alignment. You know, when I was um, a kid, my parents had a swimming pool. And um, I think my dad greatly regretted, greatly regretted having a swimming pool. 
And now that I have one, I can join his regret. Because leaves and maple helicopters and all of that stuff are just aggravating, right? But you know, I, I, was, um, I was a daredevil as a child. I know you probably don't see that in me. And, and you know, I was one of those, you know, good southern redneck kids that looked at his friend and say, watch this. And it never turned out too good. <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, I had a group of friends over and we had a brick wall around the swimming pool that my parents decided to put a little closer than they should. And so I climbed up on the brick wall thinking I was, you know, Tarzan and that I was going to do one of those, you know, medieval dives up into the air and just swan dive in. The problem is, is that I don't know the shallow end from the deep end. And I come up and I just, you know, swan dive, doosh. And instead of doing one of those nice graceful where you kind of go through the water and, you know, I just went, spoop, whack. And, you know... When I say God is gracious, God is gracious, right? I could have broken my neck, but I did have some damage because, you know, after about two days, my, my neck was almost, I mean, literally stuck to my shoulder. I was like this walking around. I'm like, I, my mom said, straighten up. I said, I can't. It hurt. It's like fused. And, and, and so... Finally, she said, I'm taking you to the chiropractor. I'm like, what in the world is a chiropractor? And, and, and so she took me to the chiropractor. And he said, well, I've got to get you in alignment. I'm like, okay, what's that mean? He sets me on this table, you know, grabs me by the back of the neck and yanks. I felt like my spine come from my rear out the top of my head, you know, and it didn't feel good. I'm like, Mom, why would you take me to somebody that just broke my neck? <laughs> Alignment, right? My mom was um, riding in a Jeep one day, and, and they were, she's a nurse, retired nurse now, but, uh, you know, she's one of those old school nurses that, you know, you call in sick or call in because you can't get a ride there. She said, well, I'll come pick you up. <laughs> Don't you love a boss man like that? You want to play hooky and you say, I can't make it. Well, let me come pick you up. Really? Okay. So it's snowing outside and she's in the Jeep to go pick up an employee and um, someone pulls out in front of her and she slams on brakes, but you know, an ice, it don't stop. And so she goes through the front glass of the vehicle and she's already got like bones fused together because she's, you know, the bionic woman. But anyway... She went for months after going through all of the, you know, recovery, but with a horrible headache and couldn't figure out. She went to doctor after doctor to try to figure out this headache. And finally she said, I'm going to go to the chiropractor. I'm like, yeah, you took me to one, <laughs> right? So she went to the chiropractor and they found that the very top bone, this little small bone at the very base of your skull was tweaked. How do you get to that? Well, these days they've got these new little thumpers. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all shaking your head. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Y'all done been thumped, right? 
And he went in there and just, you know, thumped that thing back around and boom, no headaches. An alignment. You know, I think that when we look at alignment, the bodies get out of line sometimes, don't they? And when you think about going to get that body back in alignment, it don't always feel good. But when we get into alignment, it's the most healthy state for the whole body. We don't realize how many nerves and everything go up that spine. And just one tweak of, of that vertebrae can cause pain in different areas of your body. So the body has to be in line. And so what does that mean for us? Well, it's the same with our spiritual life. When our spiritual life is, is in alignment with Christ Jesus, the whole body seems to flow and function as it should. Amen? It's the same way with the body of Christ. When the body of Christ is in unity and following after the hand of Jesus Christ, everything seems to flow in a purpose and in a health that God has designed for us to flow in. Amen? Amen. So, being aligned brings health to the whole body. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me to Romans chapter 8 and 28. Romans 8 and 28. And I want us to anchor us this morning in this text. It says this. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Come on. Wow. What a passage of scripture. And when I think about the scripture, my, my, my question goes back to what do I need to know from this scripture? And I believe that we need to grasp the understanding that, that this scripture is the product of spiritual alignment. This scripture is the, is the crux and the product and the byproduct of what it looks like to be spiritually aligned. When you look at verse 28, it says, and we know that God. Wow. You know, if we stop right there, we could preach all day on and we know that God, come on. Y'all ever heard those messages, but God, amen. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, when you look at this scripture, it's in the context of prayer. It's in the context of a, a specific prayer of redemption. We know this because of the scriptures that are just before this. In verse 26, it says, in the same way, the spirit also helps our weaknesses for when we do not know how to pray as we should, the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Wow. But, but, but even more specifically, when we think of, of, of this being in the context of prayer, we ask the question, what does that look like for me? Right? Come on. How many have been there before? God, I see what you're saying. I put, I'm getting what you're laying down, God, but I don't understand what does that mean for me. And, 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 and when I look at this, I see that in verse 23 of that same chapter, Romans chapter 8, uh, what God, what is he looking for? It says, in the same way. Say that with me, in the same way. In the same way. Verse 23 says, and not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within us, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of the body. Wow. So what does it look like for, to be redeemed? What does it look like? It looks like this. God works all things for the good, right? He causes all things to work together for the good. 
That's what redemption looks like. That's what it looks like in us. I mean, when it talks about redemption, it's an act of regaining. It's an act of putting back into place, whether it be by purchase. And how many know that Jesus purchased us off of the sin block, off of the slave block, and we've been put back into alignment, into the body of Christ, into the plan of Christ, into the work that God has for us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So God, it is only God who can bring redemption in us. Because even if you go back to the very beginning of Romans chapter 8, in the context of Romans chapter 28, it says, therefore, the, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ Jesus, you don't have to worry about the condemnation of other people. You don't have to worry about walking in shame. You don't have to worry about walking in fear. You don't have to worry about walking in the slavery and the bondage of the past because there is no condemnation condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. The second thing I want us to see out of Romans chapter 8 and 28 says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good. Wow. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm, I'm appreciative of, of the cause. Amen. I mean, when you think about causes, it lets me know that something is being done on my behalf. Something's being worked out for me that's beyond my capability, that's beyond my uh, 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 function to be able to see happen. God is causing it to take place. Uh, specifically, he's causing it to work together for my good. And it's not just some things, it's all things. Can you imagine that? And it's not because I have any investment or able to do anything for it. God is able to do it in spite of my mess ups, in spite of my craziness, in spite of me jumping off of a fence, in spite of me being stupid and crazy. God is able to do even when I am incapable of doing. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Amen. I mean, it's, it's easy for us to hope for, for things to look good for us, right? It's easier for us to have a hope and want to see things work out for the good. And I believe that many of us have a hope that some things will work out, right? The key is some things. I mean, if we, we start the day and, and we look around and say, this is going to be a good day. But it might not be a good day for you, right? We get out and we say, well, this is going to be a great day. And then we get out of bed. But when we think that God works all things for our good, all things for our good, I mean, it just blows my mind. What does that look like for me? What does that mean for me? Well, it means when I don't, even when I don't deserve, even when I deserve bondage, Jesus Christ has said, I've come to set the captives free. Amen. It means that even when I deserve punishment, someone, Jesus Christ, took my place. When I deserve nothing, he said, I'm going to give you more than enough. It's, it means when I deserve death, hell, and the grave, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. It looks like that. Thank you, Jesus, that you have stepped into my nothingness and you've given me everything. Amen. Amen. We often hope for that which we can see. Sometimes our hope only extends just past the nose, right? And sometimes we have to put glasses on to see it. Come on. I mean, think about it. 
Even in the same context of Romans chapter 8 and 28, verse 24 says, For in hope we have been uh, saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? Right? It reminds me of a story of Jeremiah. And, and a few weeks ago, I preached on Jeremiah chapter 33, 3, and, and, and used the context of prayer that, that God is able to show us great and mighty things which we know not. And, and I look at that, and, and, and I think of this story in the context of this passage, our anchor text, that God causes. And I go back to verse 1 of Jeremiah 33, and verse 1, and it says, then the Lord, when the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time, think about that. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time while he was still confined in the court of the guards. You know, sometimes I believe that we get in the place because we, we don't see past our ability. We don't see past our noses. And our hope is only that which is extended to the possibility. And God hears Jeremiah as proof that says, look, Jeremiah, the, the, the prophet of God, had to be spoken to twice. It didn't happen the first time. Some of us are hard-headed, come on. Right? This is a great opportunity. Wise for you to say amen. amen. Right? And, and so you, we have to be, especially us men, we have to be told a second time, sometimes three and four times. And, and so here, Jeremiah, he's too busy looking at his confinement. He's too busy uh, involved in the circumstances of his life. He's too busy focused in on where he is. And God is speaking to him. He says, Jeremiah. Listen to me, not the first time, but the second time. How many know that God wants you to understand what he's got for you? Mom, he wants you to understand that he's causing all things to work together for your good. If you'll just grab a hold of the voice of God, even in the midst of your confinement, even when it don't feel good, even when everything else looks bleak and you're saying, God, I don't know where you are in this and I don't know why you have me here. God's saying, will you trust me? Will you hold on to my hand? Will you know that I'm in the midst of your trial? Will you know that I'm right there with you? Verse 2 confirms that. In three different times in verse 2 of Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, The Lord. I don't know about you, but when the Lord is in it, everything's going to work out. When the Lord is in it, everything works out for the good. Amen? And, and this is what it says in verse 2. It says, thus says the Lord who made the earth. Think about that. God is defining, this is who I am. I've created the earth. Some, some of you are so busy confined in your world and in your experiences that you don't recall that the same God who created the heavens and the earth is the same God that can step into your confinement. He's the same God that can step into your pain. He's the same God that can step into your trial. And he says, I have created the world. Don't you think if I've created the world, and it goes on and says, I have formed it and I have established it. And if he can form the world, he can form you. He can establish you. He told Jeremiah this, and before you were ever a twinkling in your mother's eye I formed you come on somebody hallelujah he says for the Lord for the for the Lord is his name and when I think about that word name I, it, it, the word name not only means name it means reputation and what God is saying he says I'm willing to step into your confinement because God work causes all things to work together for the good. God's willing to step into your confinement for his namesake, for his reputation is on stake. Think about that. Woo! 
God's willing to put his name on the line for you. God's willing to say, I'm stepping into your situation. Wow. And then it brings us back to the context of prayer because just as it says in Romans 28, the context of prayer, for God works all things for the good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Here God says, call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. And when I think about Basically, God said, I will give you a revelation that is beyond your imagination. Come on. Somebody needs to grab a hold of that this morning. I will give you a revelation that is beyond your imagination. Amen. I mean, when I think about that, think about this, guys. Here's Jeremiah. He's in confinement. He's got a sourpuss idea right here. He's all mad about life, and he's looking around. He's seeing, he's seeing Judah in captivity. He's seeing their, how their faults and their sins and their mistakes has caused them pain. He's upset with all of that. He sees all this happening. And so all that Jeremiah is able to hope for is what he sees. Come on. And yet here... In the context, God, God's saying, I will cause all things to work together for your good. Do you believe me? Do you know that I'm God? Do you know that I can do that? Do you know that I'm able? Because the product of alignment is God working all things out for your good. Amen? Amen. And so when I see this, and I see that Jeremiah only sees all of demise, I, I, I'm Fast forwarding to Jeremiah chapter 10, and this is what he says, thus says the Lord, yet again there will be heard in this place. Somebody needs a yet again moment. Yet again there will be heard in this place of which you say is a waste, of which you say is desolation. Sometimes we see a waste. Sometimes we've, we've given up on our kids. Sometimes we've given up on the circumstances of our community. Sometimes we look at our school system and say, God, I give up. Lord, I'm tired of this. I don't want to see this. We, we give up on things of our own life. We give up on our health. We give up on God. And God's saying, look, yet again, even though you see wasteland, even though you see desolation, this is what you're going to hear. Yet again, it says this, and you will hear voices of joy, voices of gladness, voices of bride, voices of bridegroom. I don't know about you, but in the church today, there's too many people who are already got their nose looking down. Well, church just ain't what it used to be. <laughs> Come on. We don't worship the way we used to. Oh, it's just so bad. We, 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 don't, we don't have the same joy we used to have. Look, and the Bible's saying, if you'll quit looking just at what you see, come on. If you'll just quit looking at what, what's in front of you and know that yet again, though you see wasteland, though you see desolation, I'm about to bring about voices of joy. I'm about to bring about voices of gladness. I'm about to bring about some voices that are bride and bridegroom. I'm lifting up the standard. I'm bringing it back to my place. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. It goes on and says in that scripture, it says, Voices of those who give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And those who bring a thank offering into the house of the Lord, for I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were at first, says the Lord. I will restore the lands as they were at first, says the Lord. Look, so many times we say, well, the Lord can't use me or the Lord can't help them. Look what they've gotten into. What, look what I've done. 
I mean, why would God use me now? And God's saying, look, I will restore. I will put you back into an alignment with the kingdom purpose that I've made you for. Though sin has affected you, though you have been whipped by the world, though you have been struggling because of the sins that have so easily beset you, I'm here to tell you that I can bring you back in. I can restore you. I can put you back into the place that I, that I created you for. Though the world has tried to define you, I'm here to redefine you. I'm here to align you back in my place. It might not feel good. It might be a jerk of your body, but I'm here to tell you God can put you back into alignment, into his plan in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, 28, the last part of that verse says, to those who love God. Think about that. He says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I want you to understand that, look, every single one of you are called by God. Every one of you have been called by God. Acts chapter 2, 21 is the same as Joel chapter 2, 32. It says, everyone or whosoever that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved or will be delivered. I don't know about you, but that whosoever includes you. Yes, Amen? Amen. Thank, thank you, Jesus, right? It includes you. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. Now, that's pretty broad, right? I, he didn't say that God so loved this group or God so loved that group, but God so loved the world. That includes us. So in other words, everyone has been invited into this invitation. If, if anyone chooses to follow after me, that's Jesus' word. So in other words, anyone can come in and anyone can, is, everyone has been invited to his plan. So the question really lies with, do you love him? Do you love him? I mean, that's a, that's a very deep question because it is the greatest command that Jesus ever gave, quoting from Deuteronomy 6 and 5, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. So we see that this command is, is very central to our trust and believing in God. Do you love me? Jesus said, if you love me, in John 14, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Now, we want the byproduct, don't we? We want to see everything working together for our good. We, that's the moment we shout at. That's the moment we dance for. That's the moment, yeah, God's got this, Right? And God's saying, I've got it for those who love me. I've got it for those who are called according to my purpose. Yes, I've got this. I don't know about you, but who needs alignment? Who needs to be realigned? Who needs to check their love meter today? Who needs to say, God, I need to be put back into position in your plan. You know, I, I, when I went to college, uh, I had this 1989 Volkswagen Sirocco. Yes, a lot of people hadn't heard of that. And it, it was not a great car. I'd, I'd, I'd go down the road and if I had to stop fast, I had to pick up the front bumper and put it back in the back of the car. It was rough. And, and it developed 
a alignment problem. As I was driving down the road, if I let go of the stern wheel, it would automatically go to the left. It would just kind of drag me to the left, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and so it was a fight. I had, to, I had to hold that baby in the road. Come on. It was great if you let loose, if you needed to take a left turn. It was great. It was like riding in Kit the Night Rider. You know what I'm saying, man? I just hit a generation of y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You let go of the thing, it's like, we're turning left. <laughs> and bam, you're just right there. My question is this, is if you were to let go of the stern wheel of your life, where would it take you? Would it keep you in the track that God has planned for you? Would it take you away from the vision that God has put in you? Would it keep you from the forgiveness and the love and the compassion that God has for you? Or would it drive you to a different location? Would it take you to a different plan? Because guess what? That might be bad news, but I've got good news. Because when God, when we put ourselves back into alignment with God, the thing is, is that Jesus told his disciples this. He says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This morning, my question to you, and I, I, I'm closing, guys. I, look, I'm, I'm, y'all might... Y'all might give me a raise if I preach this short. <laughs> My question is this. If the ideal and the result of being spiritually aligned with God is this, and we know that God causes all things to work together for our good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose, is everything working out for you okay right now? Is everything going the way it should in your life right now? Because if it's not, my question is, is, is there an alignment problem? Is there an issue of your life being in tune with the plan of God? Now look, there's always going to be friction there's always going to be endurance on the journey. Being in alignment with God doesn't make things easy, right? And being put in alignment may cause pain in the beginning. But this morning, my question to you is, do you need Jesus to put you back into align, alignment with him? And if that's you this morning, I want us to, to pray, and I want to invite you to come to this altar with me because look, I might be, uh, I might have this title, it's called pastor, uh, you know, in front of my name, Pastor Paul. But the first title I have is human being. Created by God. The first title I have is, is natural man. And I know that it's a daily process for me to say, God, I need you to, Keep me focused today. God, I need you to direct my path. I need you to lead me. This morning, maybe that's you're saying the same thing. Lord, Lord, not everything's as beautiful as it should be. Not everything is, is going the direction 
that I want it to go. Not everything's lined up how I believe you want it to go. And today, I'm asking you, God, would you put me back in the place that I need to be? Will you bring me back to that that first place that you created me to be, the purpose that you placed in my heart, the destiny that you had divined for me, God? Would you put me in that place? Is that you this morning? Would you be brave enough to say, Pastor, that's me, and I want to, I want to get it right this morning. I want to put it back in place. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying I, I want to get it back right. I want to make sure my life is aligned with God. If that's you this morning, would you, would you step out? Would you come? Would you bring it to the Lord? Would you, would you put it at the altar of God today and say, Lord, I'm surrendering it to you today? Look, if, if this was your child and you loved them so much and you wanted to see them in the right place, you would do everything you could to make sure your child was in the right place, wouldn't you? We'll do anything. How much more should we do that for ourselves? Would you step out today? Would you come? Come on, don't be ashamed. This is that moment. This is the time, Lord, I, I want to make sure everything's in alignment with you. I want to be, be adjusted today. I want to be, be fit for the kingdom. I want to be in purpose and place for you today, Jesus. Come on, there's more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you be willing, if you, some of you would like, would you come and stand behind these? Would you pray with them? Would you encourage? Would you be encouraged this morning? Would you join me in believing for these? Yes. Come on. Look, God wants to do great, mighty things. God wants to step into your circumstance. Are you, willing to, are you willing to pull back the, the veil to say, I'm not perfect? Are you willing to pull back the veil and say, I need to get some things straightened out. My priorities are out of whack, and I need, I need to make Jesus the priority this morning. Let God do that today. Let God put you back in. It's not about how much you're trying, because it's not about what you can do. It's about what he can do. It's about saying, Lord, I can't, but you can. Today I surrender to you. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me and let's pray with these. Father, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God.
this family and I'm so thankful for for them and uh, Paul I know they're, they're going to leave you behind too so we just cry on each other's shoulders if you need to but um, I'm thankful for the, the faithfulness the ministry that they have done the establishing they've uh, really built and established a lot of things here and uh, I'm excited for their new journey um, like I said there's a lot of like I said last night there's a lot of holes that that, that will need to be filled, but um, 
uh, I believe he'll share that how the Lord's working that out. And, and uh, I'm thankful for them. Love them. Uh, this is not the end of a friendship. This is not the end of relationship. Uh, this is the sending of ministry uh, to new realms and new era, eras, uh, areas. And, um, and so I'm looking forward to them being back in. He's got to come back because his in-laws are around here, right? So... Uh, I'm looking forward to them coming back. He'll be back to preach here and there. He'll be back to, to worship with us now and again when he's up this way. But we love love you, Travers. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you um, for that. And, uh, we're so blessed to be here. I've spent the last weeks or so just reflecting on what God has done in our family, in this church family, and um, really honored to share communion with you. Um, I'm reflecting back to what Jesus did for us. He connected something from the past that was very precious, the Passover, when the children of Israel were freed from their slavery, and he connected it to something new which was freedom from death and from sin. And uh, I'm very grateful. I was, just as I'm sitting here, I was thinking of, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. And he was hungry. It says, the devil tempted him and said, command that stone to become bread. It's a decent idea if you have miraculous power and you're hungry. Uh, but Jesus wouldn't take that route. But then you have another opportunity for Jesus to multiply bread for the hungry. And he does. But he did it a different way. He didn't change what was. He took what we had and blessed it. And God is not trying to flip the script on us. He wants to take what he's already made us to do and bless it. And that when we're broken in that moment, we become a blessing. And he was broken for us. And he became a blessing for us. And to this day, we still remember those few individuals in that upper room having supper together and we're doing it together again, probably for the millionth upon who knows how many around the world, where we have said, you know what, thank you, Jesus, for taking what little we had, blessing it, breaking it, and giving of yourself. And if you look around, and you look at the person sitting next to you, they're carrying that spirit of Christ if they've received him as Lord, um, just as he did. And I'm blessed to look around and see, not in, not in a worshipful sense, but in a, in a creative sense, the faces of God. He put a little bit of himself in you, and a little bit of himself in you, and a little bit here, and a little bit there. And he just, as Jesus said, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it's not going to bear any fruit. But if it does will bear much fruit. We are that seed. We are that seed of God. And 
The Holy Spirit, by faith, is planted in us, the gift from Jesus, from heaven. And so now when we take these elements, we don't just take them for ourselves. We take them to become a blessing to others, to become broken. Um, and just as we prepare to receive communion, um, I just want to invite you into an experience that I've been having recently. And it's in everything you do, do it unto the Lord. And it, it has never been more true for me, at least the way I feel in my heart than it is right now. Um, got a wave for my daughter. Not going to pass that up. Um, I just remember, I know this may sound silly to you, but the other day I'm picking up my son's toys and just overcome because I was doing it under the Lord. It became worship in that moment. And it's almost like it messes with your mind a little bit. It's like, how could this be worship? But uh, it is. It is. If you let it be worship, then it is worship. Jesus didn't go to the temple, which he did. He's a faithful Sabbath keeper. Um, and then stop his life and then wait again to worship God. He just lived in a spirit of worship. He told us, it's not going to be here and it's not going to be there. It's going to be here. So wherever you go, you bring his presence with you. And it doesn't matter if you're washing dishes. It doesn't matter if you're driving your car, if you're teaching your children. Um, it's all worship, if you believe that it is. And I just wanted to invite you into that place where you would take God's original command to us to take this little piece of paradise, this little Eden, and fill the earth with the Eden that he's placed inside of you. Whether you're a musician, or you like to help people, or you like to talk, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord, and your whole life becomes a sanctuary. Your whole life becomes Eden, and you just wherever you go, and then you can't get away. Like David, you're like, I, I can't get away from your presence, Lord. I'm not looking for it. <laughs> it's just here. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for, that, for the gift, the invitation into the God life. That you invited us by your Holy Spirit to experience heaven on earth. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Thank you. He's, he's alright. Don't, don't worry. He's, he's been taken care of. Um, God is good. But we invite you, Lord, even now, uh, as we prepare to receive communion, uh, to come and, and dwell in us in a fresh way. Uh, 
not in a way that we would seek a, a sign from you, but in a way that we would just seek to be filled. Um, you can receive, uh, prepare to pass those out. While they do that, I'm going to give you the elevator speech. Um, what God's doing in us and what I believe he's doing here. Uh, we feel the wind. And it reminds me of John 4 when Jesus, he spoke to a woman about worship and that those who are led by the Spirit would be like the wind. You can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. They just, and uh, that's what brought us to Tennessee, the wind of God. <laughs> um, and I remember that moment, a moment like this, when they said, why are you leaving Florida? And we don't know. We're being sent. And we went with very little, but a lot of faith. And now as, 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 as we leave, we're leaving with a much bigger family, both in the natural and in the spirit. And uh, as Pastor said, um, it's, it's less of a leaving in my heart, and it's more of a, of a growing in my heart kind of like a tree gets bigger and bigger every year uh, my heart feels fuller and fuller so I just, just got to meet more of my family and uh, uh, pastor kind of alluded to it last week and uh, then he saved the rest for me but I wanted to remind this body uh, of two things one this is the hundred and first year of Alcomerville Church of God. This is the first year in a brand new century that this church was established. There's a lot of people, most of them, save a few, have passed on, who helped found this mission to this community. And we carry their legacy into this new hundred years. And, uh, when I first came, I, uh, I sat under Pastor Herschel Baker. Um, we just came as members. Well, not even members, just as visitors. We sat in a chair for a few months and, and just waited to see what God would do. And uh, he received a word from God in his time here that God in this house wanted to raise up 200 servants. And I remember it, it struck me and... A servant is different than a sitter. A servant is someone who feels compelled to do something, right? When you serve, you give of yourself. And, and in the past few years, what I've seen is I've seen servants come in and step into roles and, and just come alongside. And before you know it, I mean, I used to do a lot of things, as Pastor mentioned, uh, and, and I still do some of those things, but I'm just seeing so many people step into different roles in different places, and I see that word coming to pass. Even though Herschel was called to move on, the word that the Lord gave him is still bearing fruit, and I look forward to that fulfillment as I come back to visit, and I go, what happened here? Praise the Lord. But I encourage you, if you feel that, that compelling to be one of those 200, 
It's, it's not about trying to just build numbers for numbers sake, but every number is a human, is a soul, is a person that God loves. And God likes numbers, not for numbers sake, but for people's sake. Otherwise he wouldn't have told Gideon to do all that stuff he did <laughs> and wouldn't have counted. But Father, we just thank you for this church we thank you for the blessing it has been to this community. Um, I thank you for whew, the calls of gratitude that I've just got to sit on the under end of, not because I did anything, but because this church has faithfully sown um, week after week, month after month. Um, it's just it's just hard to even fathom what's what's happening here when 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 you don't get to look behind the curtain and. And I just want to bless this church with the peace that you have given me. I want to bless the calling that you've placed upon this uh, community of believers. And we, we now say, Jesus, we receive this, this brokenness that you endured for our blessing. And we commit as believers that when we're broken, um, we will be a blessing. We won't let ourselves get bitter, Lord, when we're broken. We'll allow you to make us better. And so, uh, just as Jesus did with his friends, um, we take the bread and we bless it. This is the body. We're the body. We partake of his body because we are his body. And in the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant of my blood for the remission of sins. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. His blood not only covers us, but it infuses us with life. To be covered by something means it's not a part of you. His blood is different. It actually becomes a part of our life through the Holy Spirit. So we thank you for your body. We thank you for your blood. And uh, Father, we just thank you that we get to call you daddy. We get to be called children of God. Born of God. Born of the Spirit. Um, as Pastor mentioned before, um, I'm not doing a, hey, see you later. We're going to spend some time talking. Uh, I'll be here. I will linger and um, hug your neck. Um, if you're comfortable with that or we can fist bump, whatever, whatever's good with you. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I got my vitamins and I'm, I'm boosted up. <laughs> so love y'all. Um, hey, guys. Yeah. Listen, come on, come up here, Lauren. Come up here, come on. Can we just stretch our hands this way and get some of you close to come? Come up here, and come up here. Just lay hands on him. We're not going to lay hands on him without praying. We're going to lay hands on him and pray. Amen. You're so precious. We're having a meal after this. 
in the commons. For you. We would love you to hang out and just spend some time to celebrate. There is a, a box for, the, for cards and stuff. If you'd like to give something, uh, offer something to the Travers as, as a appreciation, that would be very welcome. All right. Father, we are so thankful, Lord, for this family. We're thankful, God, that uh, you sent them this way. Lord, for that wind that blew them here for this season and how you uh, used them so mightily in touching so many lives, Lord. And God, thank you for all that they have done for Alcoa Maryville Church of God, but not only here, Lord. God, he touched lives in soccer fields. He touched lives in this community in different ways through manna and, and all different ways. And Lord, just thank you. We're thankful, God, for them. And Lord, we pray that as you are now blowing that wind into their lives to, to transition again, I pray that you'll just direct their paths, God, that you will uh, already prepare ground for them wherever they go for, for there to be growth, for there to be a season of prosperity and blessing, Father. Lord, anoint them for your purpose and your glory, God. Thank you that you align us in seasons. And Lord, we don't always understand them, God. But Lord, we also know that it, it, this is going to be awesome for them and it will be awesome for us because you don't, you don't bless one side and not bless the other. You, if it's your plan, they'll be mutually blessed. And God, I'm thankful that there's a mutual blessing taking place. And God, I pray you just honor their faith, uh, direct their paths, give them strength and encouragement, and let the zeal of the Lord be with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, buddy. Love you, girl. <laughs> so precious. I'm going to go ahead and bless the food so that when we go in there, we can go ahead and make plates and eat. Um, we're all about that, right? Come on, somebody. Father, bless this time of fellowship. Bless this food. Let this be a wonderful time to be together, to encourage one another, to encourage this family, and to be encouraged ourselves. Father, we bless you, we honor you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.